Thanks for dropping by, everyone. I'm in the backyard again, pacing, thinking, and talking. There's a few thoughts I wanted to share. Nothing special, nothing out there. Just a couple of things that while I was driving yesterday uh, crossed my mind. And I have a tendency, well, not a tendency, but I actually have a habit of, I make a point, actually, that when I drive, I don't allow my mind to go all over the place. Sometimes I do. You have to air out. But I will put a thought in my head and focus on it and just kind of zone out on it while I do what's required of me as a person who drives a bus. And I tell you, it really, really helps me to go deep. And it makes my day go by faster, too. Um, it's phenomenal. You really have to understand that the mind is so powerful. And if we don't focus it, we don't get the benefit of our full potential, um, obviously. But I wanted to talk about this for a long time. In actuality, I'm not going to cover everything right now because there's so many different angles to speak on everything, really. Every topic that we talk about, we can, we can find thousands of different angles, perspectives, different points of view on that one particular topic. And this is why I like to go in with surgical precision, as I like to say. But homelessness, homelessness, uh, it's really bad here in Orlando, Florida. When you think of Orlando, Florida, like I used to before I moved down here, you see the palm trees and the theme parks. And even though Orlando is in the middle, you know, it's centered. It's not on either coast. You think of beaches, you think of water, you think of outdoors, you think of all these wonderful things. But <laughs> this is the deep south <laughs> and all the things that go along with it. You know, it, it's a strange place it's a strange energy here. And I remember when I first came down to do a background uh, uh, check and, and go through with corrections when I was, you know, first coming down and going for the job. And I knew I was going to get the job inside connection. I knew I was going to get it, you know, pretty much. But I still had to go through everything. And I was at a friend's house who moved down also, a co-worker, actually. We were cool. He told me, come on down, man, you know for the two days and I'll show you around. And when I was on my way over there, uh, I took a cab. I didn't want to have him come all the way from Polk County. So I took a cab and there was a Native American driver who was there and immediately he zeroed in on me with a conversation. Um, he pretty much said, listen, I know that you're not a person who is blind to many things. I don't know what your walk is, what you may call your way of worship, he said, I just know that you have uh, a deeper view. And I'm like, wow, that's something that you'd pick up on. You know, it's really a compliment for you to say that to me. Um, maybe I wasn't what I was now, but I always had that way, even in my more, you know, youthful days when I was a little more crazy out there. I was raised that way. I was always aware of levels of spirituality. So he told me that I have to be careful here in Orlando because um, from his point of view as a Native American, in whichever way, it doesn't mean they're all the same. You know, if you're Native American, just the same way, you know, black people are not monolithic. But he basically said that uh, there are strongholds over this place, as there are strongholds on a spiritual level over every city. You know, every every place, large and small, has its has its flavor, has its spiritual flavoring whether it's righteous or decadent, a swirl, a mixture, 
of many, he said, but there's a strong uh, stronghold. And I'm, I'm going to talk about homeless people. I don't know why I'm saying this first, right? But it's a strong stronghold of, of lust. Um, there's, a, there's a strong uh, homosexual spirit over this place, which we know that's everywhere. And you could say that about Atlanta, too, New York and L.A. and everywhere. But he said it's really a vicious. He says he can see it with his physical eyes. Um, he said he was gifted and it's like a storm cloud symbolically that you can see over places as you travel. You look up and you can see what's looming over that particular geographical area. And it's, it's dark, swirling clouds of different shades of gray. And I find it uh, interesting when they said 50 shades of gray for that particular, you know, uh, movie and book. Um, so he was saying that the lust, the homosexuality, and he says, uh, marriages don't last. You can be here and be married. That's one thing. But if you come here and you're introduced to these different spiritual strongholds, not claiming any religion, but he was just saying just the energy. And when we say spiritual, we can interchange that with energy. Okay. For those who may not be too religious and he said, most marriages don't last when you come down. Now, that's not to say they don't, because I'm quite sure that, and I know people who have been married down here and maintain relationships for many, many years, but um, these strongholds are not happy with that. You know, it, it's, it's something where, you know, it's something to work on. You know, once they have you, they have you. They don't bother you anymore, so you can feel happy in your decadence. But when you're trying to walk the street narrow, it's, it's something about this place that... Um, goes against that and it comes between you and your mate and whatever but that being said i'm saying uh i can see a stronghold of sorts i'm not going to say a stronghold of homelessness but a stronghold of things that and conditions that lead to a defeated spirit in bad situations that cause one to be and it's not any one way to become homeless or be homeless because working in corrections and not now out in the street driving, I'm in the street all day. So, and, and I can't stress that enough. I mean, we all go through the streets and we all know life once we live life for so many years. But over and over and over, up and down the same streets, and you see people in different stages of their life. I know so many people intimately that don't even know that I know, and I'm not even looking for it. I'm not even saying, let me find out, let me overhear the conversation, but it comes to you and it's like, wow, now there's a wasp over here. Do I, do I smack it or do I, whoop, he got away and he might come back. <laughs> yeah, those wasps were vicious. One bit me when I was younger, so I was like, stung me and I was like, mm -mm, I can't take it. I love life, but not any wasp around me. Can't believe I did this on a, on a recording. But anyway, um, let me get over on this side. If you hear me scream, you know exactly what happened. But um, there's no there's no one way to become homeless. There are many ways that we can become homeless, and you can't look at one who is homeless like they're below you, that they're they're less than you, because anybody can lose what they have. Anyone could find themselves in a series of situations that lead them down that path. In you can be very emotional. It's heartbreaking. It's, it's, 
to many embarrassing. It's, it's like, you know, you want to hide yourself. You're hurting. What happened to me? This is happening to me. Now, I want to speak about those people, not those meaning homeless. And I wouldn't say it that way. I'm very humane and considerate of people's feelings. When I say it this way, there are many different ways to be homeless. Now, let me omit one of the categories because there are a faction of people out here. I can't tell you the numbers, but it's, it's a great many that are, they are not defeated. They are not, I'm not speaking about homeless. I'm speaking about this one category. I want to get those out the way. The ones who are not trying, the ones who are playing the system, the ones who have given up, not because they feel defeated. They just say, okay, this is the easy way. And I'm making a life of this. I'm not talking about those people because they can do better. There are many out here who are on drugs and they can get help, but they don't want it because they want to stay on drugs. They, they know that they go into these coalitions and homeless shelters that they, they got to give the drug thing up. And there's a curfew. And at nighttime is the best time to go out there and prostitute and hustle to get drugs and get high. There are people I know that are in the homeless shelter that are willingly um, not getting apartments because they want to save their money and they don't mind being in a homeless shelter. I can tell you many, many stories, but what I'm talking about is a person who has tried and, and found themselves in a certain set of circumstances that led them that way. They had no choice and they're hurting and they're emotional. They may not have the help. They may not have the support of a family. They may have family that are doing good, but the family turned their back on them and can do for them. I'm going to just throw certain things at you. I'm not going to say each and every story and take all the time in the world, but there, there's a situation that I know where there was a, a, a couple. They had a couple of kids and the husband died and they had money. Um, something went wrong with the insurance on some stipulation and it wasn't paid out. Uh, the woman, the wife, never really handled the business like the husband did. So she had savings and they had money and, and assets, but she didn't know what to do. She, they lived out and, and just lived off what they had and it ran out. And then she got sick, or a little before that, she got sick because she was going to try to find a way to make an income. you know. And um, she got sick, she had the kids and the family, big family, and they weren't doing as good as her and her husband when he was alive, but they kind of turned their back on her, and they wouldn't even help with the kids, and she was really sick, some type of cancer or something, an operation. You know, you can get a sickness, and whatever you think you have, you can wipe it out. You could have $5 million in the bank. You could have $10 million in the bank. You could have $20 million in the bank. You know, whether you have insurance or not, there's limitations with that, but sickness can drain down your resources, and you can find yourself on the curb and sick and you're looking at this world a certain way like dang you know i've been so kind to people around me i'm not looking for a handout per se but people just will turn their back on you and i've i've spoken to many many people who are in this situation and are homeless and who are broken and who want to do good it's like when you skate on ice and you fall through the ice and you're trying to find the hole to come up out of the water, but where you fell, you swam a little bit over from the hole. Now you can't get out, but there is a way, but you can't see it. So some people will say, well, just get a job. You know, well, if you don't have an address, you know, or a phone or an address to mail something to, if you're homeless, you have to get an address. 
So for folks out there who may know somebody who, who's homeless and trying, just to say, hey, if you want to get your mail over here, or you want to use it, if you, if you know them to a point where you can trust because you just can't give to everybody and not know. But the little things, you know, if, if, if you know a homeless person and most of them that I've spoken to that were willing to speak with me and I wouldn't put the camera in their face. I mean, I'm on my job, so there are people I will talk to on an audio level and maybe those who may not feel too shy to put their face. And there are some, you know, I'm always going to respect somebody's limits. But the biggest thing that many have an issue with, you know, when you see them with the shopping carts and they have a pile of stuff clothes and everything well look you take it for granted you may have an apartment or a home or a room to put your things this old white guy told me he said man the biggest thing we have to worry about is where are we going to put our things where are we going to stash our stuff you know we may not be able to wash every single day because we have to worry about so many other things that you have in place you get up and you walk in your kitchen you open the fridge you're keeping your things there Homeless people can't store food. Not food that needs to be refrigerated. Where are they going to cook? So they end up eating a lot of fast food. And, and food that, you know, it's not wholesome. Whether you're a vegan or not, I'm just saying. It's, it's where are you going to cook your food? Where are you going to keep it? So this is why they may end up looking very unhealthy. There's a young man that I know, I remember him for... And he might be around my age group, a little younger. But I know he, you know, goes to a job or used to go to a job. Now he's quietly homeless. He doesn't bother anybody. And I know this because I see the bus routes that he takes every day just to lay down and get a little sleep for an hour or two. And most of the homeless here in Orlando will take the longer bus routes to get a longer sleep. They learn it well. Because they don't have to worry about getting kicked in the face. They don't have to worry about getting bitten by a rat because they're sleeping behind a dumpster. Or fire ants crawling up their leg and biting them up. Or just getting robbed. Or just kids that are stupid and they'll throw bricks at them. You know? I mean, what health insurance do the homeless have who have nothing? So health is not the priority. You just have to make, you know, fake it till you make it until many feel that way. Yeah, we can go in and they say that you have to get taken care of. But you know how the hospitals are. First thing out their mouth, what kind of insurance do you have? And when you have it, you feel good. Yeah, I have this. I'm covered. But what about, what about the person who doesn't have that? You know, where are they going to put their things? So, okay, you may have an acre worth of property. You may have a big shed in your backyard. You may have a big, if you know somebody that you've observed, reach out to them and say, hey, I don't know you all that well, but I know that things may not be the best for you right now. Maybe you need a place to put your things. You know, because see, sometimes we will say, well, I give to the homeless. I gave a dollar. I gave five dollars. I took one out to, to eat. But the hunger is going to come back. More so, give them a peace of mind where they can say, you know what? I can move freely without having to carry all these things. I can, I can, I can have a place to put my shirts, my pants, my underwear, my personal items. And know that wherever I am, there's a place where I can get it and store it. So if I do have to go to a job interview and, and try, you see how that helps the job interview? Instead of saying, well, just get a job. Here's $20. Get $20? Where's that? Look, I don't eat McDonald's. I don't eat fast food. But these guys, a lot of them have to. Or they feel they have to. 
like I said, the priorities. Hunger's hitting you behind. You're not worrying about something being gluten-free. You're going to eat. I understand that, right? But that, 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 that's going to satisfy the person for a time, but that's not going to satisfy their mind because tomorrow's another day and it's coming. And tomorrow is a struggle again to get around. Where are you going to put your things? Of course, you're not going to wash as much maybe. There's some that do. There's some that you'll never know that they're homeless. Their hair is done. The women, some of them, hair done, nice clothes. But they always have these things that they're pulling around with them. That's the other clothes and other shoes and other changes of clothes and personal items. You have to lug this stuff around. And if you leave it too long unguarded, guess what? Someone else who's homeless may go rummage through your stuff. So you, you never have peace of mind. So be thankful and understand that no matter what you're going through in life, there's always somebody out there going through worse. Imagine, okay, if you have an apartment or a physical house, you can put your things. Imagine right now you were evicted or for some reason had to get out right now. And you went to your ATM and there was no money. You couldn't get, you have money, but you can't get to it or they just tell you it's gone. What are you going to do? What are you going to take with you? What's more important? What's the priority? See, things change then when you look at it that way. I tell everybody, keep a little bit of that in you. Be ready to come out of your comfort zone. No, you're not going to sit here and say, well, you know, I want to be homeless. I want to be out of doors. But when things really hit the fan, trust me, most of us just might be. Most of, most of us just might see what we should prioritize what's important and look how we spend our money now look how we spend our time now and people don't want, want to really talk about that it's like death what they call death and I tra say transition we're just changing forms you know nobody ever had a funeral for water when it boiled out of the pot so well, the water's gone. It's not here anymore. It's steam now. <laughs> it changed forms. I want to draw a sketch of people crying over the caterpillar that they don't see anymore. And they say he's dead. And they're shedding tears and a butterfly is flying past them saying, why are they, why are they crying for me? <laughs> you change forms. So now when you look at life that way, you don't look at it. Well, I got a few more years. Well, maybe on this level, but the next level may be better depending on what you did on this level. Right. But all I'm saying is that appreciate what you have and understand that what is important to you may be frivolous to someone else. And many homeless that I've spoken to, they if they were arrogant before and pompous and condescending, life beat them down and makes them see some still hold on to whatever drove them. Some still are arrogant. Some still are racist. Some are still in a world of delusion because, like I say, we are made up differently. We all have different uh, characteristics, different strong points, different points that need to be worked on. We are very complex as human beings, so that's why I say there's so many ways to be homeless. Again, not for the, those who are playing the system, which I do know many of them for years. And they will cry, and, yeah, man, I need to, I need to get something to eat. I'm out here homeless, and, you know... And they're playing the system, but I would not say that's the most of them. We have people who are homeless who have mental, severe mental issues. How are they going to take care of those severe mental issues?
when they got to worry about where they're going to sleep. It's cold. Your clothes are musty and dirty. How are you going to clean them and wash them when you have no place to wash your clothes? Why don't we offer that sometimes? Why don't we in our subdivisions uh, put our money together? We have homeowners uh, association fees, right? And people say, well, I don't want those people inside there. Well, you know, people talk about tithing and they'll give their money to a pastor, keep them in the alligator shoes and keep them in the Bentleys and keep them, you know, to keep those condos for those side chicks that he has. But they wouldn't think of helping a fellow human being and being proactive in that. Why don't we put our heads together and stop waiting on the government to help us and let's help our own. We have professionals out here. We have people who have degrees in psychology, right, that may be retired, that can give a few hours to sit down and talk to someone who has severe mental issues, counselors who can deal with severe emotional issues. Look, I think that on the scale, what most people would say, well, Scurve, you're holding your head above the water. You may not be a rich man, but you've been consistent and you know how to avoid certain things, right? But even I... <laughs> at times in my life have had severe emotional and mental issues not crazy but we all do we have birth we have life we have death we have poverty we we have times when things are lean and we have to cut corners and and, and I've been through all of those phases and there's a couple times when there was one time when I really was on the verge of being homeless not to jump on like they say Oprah does and everything you did she she said she did <laughs> No, no, no. And it wasn't that like that. Um, but I saw that if another couple days go, two times in my life, and this money doesn't come through that I have already, but I'm waiting for, you know, you're making a leap because I wouldn't want to bug anybody. I say, man, I'm going I'm to be on my own. Really be on my own. And to see that in over the horizon, it makes you think. So I never really take myself away from understanding what other people have to go through sincerely but just like that woman i was telling you about she ended up in a shelter her kids with her and i would see her a lot and um i spoke with her in depth and it was really sad how her family did her they were competitive with her even though she had more money and her husband had more money than they did but they did so much for them but now it's almost like okay you're, you're cursed because you had more than us and we were envious of you and this is a black woman, and most of her circle were black people. And I have to say, black people, you, you all are some, <laughs> I'm saying it that way, not all, but many, too many. You all are a piece of work. You all got some serious issues. But those of us who understand and for those of us who will band together, whichever way, help in some kind of constructive way. Get together with people instead of gossiping. And coveting what somebody else has. I don't care if the next man has $10 million in his pocket and I have five cents. If my stomach is full and I have a place to lay my head, I, I don't care what they have. You see what I mean? The focus for me is let's save our energy. It's an energy thing, right? Why can't we do that? Why can't we put a certain area in our sub subdivision near the entrance and use it for something to store the homeless people's clothes or make a little area where they can come and wash and whatever. Why can't we do, we get tax returns, we get tax breaks. Why can't we use those things to help the people across the land? You drive from one state to the other, one city to the other, and you see all of this open land. And you have all of these abandoned shipping containers. 
eight feet by 40 feet that can be made. It's weatherproof, bulletproof. You can, you can get one of those things here in the country for $1,500, uh, $1,500, $2,500. Well, yeah, we can chip in and build a structure, right? Now, if you're closer to the water, they're cheaper. When you're more inland, it has to be transported. That's the thing with shipping containers. So why can't we get together and do something like that? Make an area for them. We have people who are into carpentry, people who know welding. Why can't we stack three or four of them together high up and a row of them? And, and they would love to have something where they can watch a little TV, lay on a cot, have a little living room area in a little area. Why can't we do that? It's on us. We can't wait on government. We can't wait on religion. Be a little more considerate. Wake up in the morning instead of thinking about what you can get from the world. Think about what you can do for your people, whether it's large or small. It may sound corny, but it will make a difference in somebody's life. Just giving a few dollars is not enough. When you're in position to help and your life is stable and steady for now, I think we need to give back on all levels, but I just wanted to speak about the homeless. And I'm going to come back and talk with, about this again. But Mrs. Skirv is knocking on the window, letting me know I have to come in and eat. <laughs> we did our morning walk this, this morning, and um, I'm going to fuel up, and I have to get ready for the fashion show. So I'm going to come back with this later on, or maybe after I eat, I'll see. But it's something very important that we have to speak about. And, and for everybody who's listening, let's, in the comment section, constructively list some of the ways that we can use some of our resources that may be an overflow for us, or something in abundance, or something that we can collectively do and designate permanently to erase homelessness, right? Um, the, the specialists, the people who understand the professionals on a mental level, on a physical level, uh, the, you know, health, all those different things. People get older and there's some people out here who are messed up, who may have apartments or houses and they're living like they're homeless even in their physical structure. And there's signs with that. You can see if the grass is not cut and the place is looking shabby. You know, this is not a way that we, you know, to me, this is how you gauge the health of a nation, right? How we treat the downtrodden and the weaker chains in our link, the weaker links in our chains, the weaker chains in the link. Yeah, I'm really hungry. <laughs> I'm speaking backward. But yeah, th this is how we can judge how healthy we are as a nation. And all of us need to bow our head in shame if we have this amongst us and we don't look out. And I don't say drain out all of your resources. You have to maintain yourself, whatever you need to maintain. But we all have that extra. It's not just about giving money. Let's set up structured solutions so that we don't have these situations going on in our community. And maybe we get a lot more respect from other communities when they see that we're taking care of our own. <laughs> Make sure to check out the boldest blog at landscurve.com and follow Scurve on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube under Lance Scurve.